Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Schmitz. How are you today? I'm doing good. <laughs> Wait, you're not Mike. That's right. We'll try that again. Welcoming to the podcast, a special guest that's co-hosting with me, Toby Schmitz. That's me. Toby is our editor for this podcast and another podcast called Bookworm. He is almost 14 years old and... We're going to talk about Borrowed Future today, a documentary that we just watched last night. And it was very interesting watching it with our 11 and 13-year-old boys. So I thought it'd be very interesting to hear his perspective. Right off the bat, do you have anything that jumps out at you from that documentary that you want to share? Well, it was interesting to me how the student loans, that they were intended for good, but there's lots of miscommunication. They don't properly explain it to you and people go like the default is just take student loans and you'll be fine. Yeah so the documentary is on student loans and how we are facing an enormous crisis in our country right now with the great amount of student loan debt that is accumulating in our country. Have you heard any of the following? Student loans are good debt. You need to invest in yourself in your future. You can't go to college without debt. You'll make more in your lifetime if you have a degree. I'm pretty sure all of us have heard at least one of those. And, spoiler alert, they're all myths. They are all lies. And we're going to break down some of those things today, but mostly we're going to talk about our future. We're going to talk about these misconceptions. We're going to talk about some things we can do about it. And these are the very lies that most students have been inundated with from everyone in their life, from guidance counselors to teachers to parents who don't necessarily know better. They don't have any anything um, evil in their heart, but they just we just don't know better sometimes. And this has caused most college students to take on an average of $35,000 in student loan debt on average by the time they graduate. That's a lot of money. It is. And the problem is they're young, they don't know better, and sign on the dotted line without fully knowing what they're signing and what it will look like years down the road. So this is a huge problem. And a lack of education around financial preparedness in high school is a big detriment in our country. And it is leading us down this very, very negative, fast spiral downward. People chained in debt change, and they don't even know how to get out of it. So Toby, I want to ask you, few questions here throughout. Do you recall that example in the documentary last night of the man who was a teacher? Do you remember that one? Can you describe? There was a man who was a teacher. He's a high school teacher. And after he got married, he he sat down with his new new wife and he said, just so you know, I have $125,000 in student loan debt. And she didn't divorce him. She didn't give up on him. But I'd like you to describe how you saw him act. How, how did that affect that man? Well, he really was in debt for, pretty, for decades to come. And that really changes the whole perspective. Because going to college, you're supposed to like get a degree so that you can make more money and invest more in yourself. But the student loans can really hold that back. Because if the American dream turns into like, having freedom to do whatever you want to paying student loans. And that's not the American dream. No, <laughs> the American dream is not to be riddled with debt. 
and making you unable to do anything else in your life but work and work and work and pay off debt. My husband and I actually attended private college, both of us, and we racked up over $80,000 in student loan debt by the time we graduated. We just got four-year degrees. I started with a psychology major hoping to be a counselor, ended up with a fine arts major. He started as a biology major hoping to be a chiropractor and ended up with a business degree. Now, hindsight, 16 years ago, neither of our degrees caused us to have great, vast, huge benefits in our careers, and they didn't directly impact our work life, but they accumulated a whole lot of pressure, bondage, debt. And thankfully, we were able to pay it all off in the first six years of our marriage, but that's not the story for most people. And It's very interesting because 16 years into business, Mike has found that very little from his college degree has actually helped him. What has helped him is reading a ton of books, continually learning, taking courses on the side, and listening to podcasts, and just doing everything he can to learn and figure out a new skill he wants to get, what he wants to acquire or improve in, and he just finds information and does it. This was not from a degree at a university. So... I can say a similar story about myself. I have the four-year fine arts degree, but what was most valuable was my two-year internship with a professional photographer. I got paid for the work I did, but also I learned all the skills that it took for her to operate a photography business. And I successfully owned one for 13 years, not from my fine arts degree, from an internship. So you could, <laughs> we, if we were to give ourselves advice going into college, to Mike and Rachel Schmitz, well, we weren't, I was Rachel Rowan at the time, I would have told myself, figure out what your vision is, what do you want to do, what, how do you want to work, and what kind of skills do you need and go after it. It may not be a four-year degree. And if it is, find a school that's affordable, that you can cash flow and just pay without the debt. So, Toby, I ask you another question here. Yep. So what kind of work are you currently doing? I am currently the editor of both Bookworm and Intentional Family. Interesting. So how did this come about? Can you tell us? I wanted to work at Chick-fil-A with my cousin, who is not even a year older than me. And I just started telling dad about my idea, and he came up with an alternative. So pretty much he, he showed me how much more I would make as an editor than working at a fast food restaurant. And editing a podcast is... A lot more of a useful skill to know and even though this may not be my my full-time job or career when I'm older it's a valuable skill to have and way better than working at any fast food restaurant what do you like about it I mean I like everything for a bookworm I like when I'm editing it's just so cool to like I can pretty much read all the books without reading them if that makes any sense and I feel like I'm learning a lot about everything <laughs> and then for intentional family, even though I have a family, but I'm not, I don't have any kids or anything like that. I think this is still valuable stuff to learn. And I think this will be great for when I become a parent because I mean, I feel like I'll be able to use all of the stuff I'm learning right now. And not just that, like I'm learning lots of stuff about audio editing and it's really cool to learn. And I will always have something to back up on. Okay. So am I hearing that you like audio? Like techie type stuff oh for sure it's probably what i'm interested in the most do you see yourself doing more with audio in the future 
like even more advanced than what you're doing now? Um, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure about that yet. Haven't really thought about it a ton, but I think it would be still a valuable skill to have because, like I said earlier, I don't see it being my career or full-time job, but I think it would be a valuable skill to like maybe go a little deeper in or another job to fall back on if something else fails. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Was it hard to learn or at first? Um, it's not the most difficult job out there, but it's you definitely have to pay all of your attention to it. It's a lot of work because you need to be paying attention and listening for every single little detail. You you can't multitask. That is physically impossible when editing because you I can almost guarantee you're going to miss something. So in that sense, yes, it is hard. What have you learned from it or what skills do you have that you didn't have before? I'm definitely learning a lot about audio editing, <laughs> but I think it's really cool how like it's growing my attention to detail, listening and looking for certain things and really help me to stay focused and be aware of stuff. And yeah. yeah. So do you spend all the money you earn from editing four podcasts a month? Nope. Oh, you I don't. do not. Okay. Do you spend any of it? Nope. Just a little bit, once in a while. On camp shirts, yeah. Yeah. Your, your <laughs> youth camp you went to, you bought some shirts. <laughs> yep. Well, what are you going to do? Do you have a plan for it? You're just going to let it sit in the bank? Or what are you planning on with the money you're earning if, you're not, if you don't have any like spending goals? Just saving it because I did the math and um, compound interest. If I were to just put in 300 as my initial deposit... And then with a monthly contribution of 180, and then if I wait 10 years with 7.2% interest, it turns into over $32,000. Wow. And that's and that's a lot of money. Well, I mean, considering how much you're putting in, it like it doubles, and a way better investment than just using all my money now because then it would be cool to like go to college and not even have to worry about taking debt or. Mm-hmm. I know this is a, a ways away, but like when I get married, I won't have to like have any mortgage or if I plant in it and set it all out the right way. Yeah, that's true. That is awesome. So would you ever take out a student loan? No, never. Why? I've seen the effects of it and it's just not worth it. And I mean, I can say the very most I would take is like, like if I absolutely need to, to stay in college, but that's like never going to happen because... I've seen the effects it has on people and actually the interest on um, student loans. So the rule of 72 is the money you put in, it'll double in 10 years. Well, approximately it'll. And then, but the interest rate of student loans doubles even quicker. So every five years. And it's just really hard to keep up with and it will be really hard to, to pay it off. And it's just not worth it. I'd rather do the work now and not have to worry about it later. And some of you listening may think your son is 13, almost 14. Why on earth would you show him a video on student loan debt? Well, have you been listening to him talk? Because we are trying to educate him so that he doesn't make the same mistakes that we made or the same mistakes that most students make going into college. And for all we know, he may not even go to a four-year college because if he d- keeps his developing different skills like he is, like podcast editing, because his dad can teach him so much stuff, 
For all we know, he could own a really, really successful business by the time he would even be to the age of college. You never know, really. And if in that case, I wouldn't even really need to go to college. Yeah, your savings would just be for your your future. Your so instead of saying, you know, I'm I'm investing in my future by taking out student loan debt, you are working currently and saving to invest in your future instead of borrowing money. Yep. So it this is really kind of a staggering number, but over eight million student loan borrowers have defaulted. That means they can't. They're stuck. They can't make the payments. Students that go into college, like the number I shared on average, end up graduating with $35,000 worth of debt, and they have to start paying it six months later. And they did not receive that explanation, the education on that when they signed the dotted line saying, well, yeah, you can rack up the student loan debt because there's no physical money being transferred. You never actually see the money, so it seems like it's just pretend money. Like, it's just paper money. Like, it's not really, it doesn't really exist. And when you're young, you you know, you're talking about, you know, that's not that far away when I go to college. Well, it goes pretty quick. And that's the same for those 17, 18, 19-year-olds entering college. They don't really realize how quick those four years go. And only 40% of graduates are actually employed. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So saying you're going to have a better career or make more money in your lifetime if you have a college degree, well, the statistics don't really reflect that. That's really a marketing scheme. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Luke 14, 18 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see see if you have enough money to complete it? Wow. So Mm. that scripture is really, really important. And if we're going to educate our children, educate ourselves financially and anything in the future that we want to do, shouldn't we count the cost? And this isn't just money, but this is really anything, any project, anything down the road. Shouldn't we count the cost of what it will take and sit down and make sure that we have enough to complete it? Don't you Mm. think that's a powerful scripture, Toby? It is. I mean, there it is from the Bible. Like, it's better... To spend four years at college and not spending your time, your money on mindless fun, but to work hard and graduate debt-free. And that's much better than taking four years off and then, I'm not saying you're doing no work during those four years, but taking it easy and then having to worry about student loans for decades to come. I mean, that's just not worth it. Yeah, it's true. It's like pay, pay now and play later, right? Otherwise, yep. you'll be enslaved for, like you said, decades. It's true. Mm-hmm. There's currently over $1.6 trillion in student loan debt in our nation. Trillion, like with a T. Not yep. million, not billion, trillion. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money. And the inflation cost of higher education has grown exponentially more than any other area. For example, since 1980, college, college tuition... And fees are up 1,200% while the consumer price index, which is the CPI, for all other items has risen only 236%. That's pretty crazy. There's another way. Anthony O'Neill has a great resource. He wrote the book called Debt-Free Degree. And he's also in the process right now of relaunching, revamping his really awesome, powerful scholarship search tool. And if you go to the show notes, we have links to all these things we're mentioning here. And it's really powerful because there's one woman in this documentary that they mention that 
she was awarded $500,000 in scholarships because she made it her job and high school to apply for scholarships. And she didn't shy away from the, the ones that were $500 or $1,000 because she made the point that even if a $500 scholarship took her two hours to fill out and apply and write an essay for, that was like, if she was awarded that scholarship, that'd be like being paid $250 an hour. I mean, what high schooler, well, what adult really makes that? <laughs> I don't know of any jobs that pay that much. Yeah. And there's, I believe the stat last night that we heard on the documentary was every year there's $2 billion, with a B, dollars of unfulfilled scholarship money out there. Unclaimed, just sitting Unclaimed, there. just sitting there. And it's out there. And you have to do some digging. You have to do some searching. You're, if you're an employed parent, a lot of times your workplace will have scholarships for your children. The, the sky's the limit, really, where to find scholarship money. And some of it has to do with your GPA, your grades, your ACT, SAT. But a lot of it doesn't. It You can search your interests. You can search your extracurriculars. There's like, there's scholarships for forensics. There's those that want to put in the time, they can pay their way through college with scholarships. A lot of them are really weird, too. There's like one for if you're tall, if you're short. In the movie, they even showed one example of one scholarship where it was the best zombie escape plan. Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) So ridiculous. The point is, they're out there. There's lots of options. And there's another example that I absolutely love from the book. And this reminds me of Toby as a podcast editor right now. He has a, a chunk of money already saved and he's only been doing it a few months. This um, college student, he realized that he grew up in a single parent home. It was just him and his brother and his mom didn't have the means to help him in college. And he had a dream of going to the University of Minnesota. He got the acceptance letter, was so excited. And then a week later, they send the tuition letter that it would be $22,000 for that year just for tuition. That's not like the cost of living if you live on campus or anything. That's just the tuition. Yeah, they never send it with the... Acceptance the, letter? Yeah. Yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, you're accepted. Oh, and by the way, it's this much. And he quickly realized there's no way that I'd be able to do this without taking out loans. So instead, what he did was he found a smaller school close to home that he could just bike to or, you know, a quick drive. And he was able to work and pay cash to go to school for four years. And he was good at fixing up lawnmowers. So he'd buy used lawnmowers for cash and he'd fix them up and sell them. One, he gave one example where he purchased a lawnmower and sold it the same day after washing it up and made a thousand dollars profit. It's pretty good. (laughs) And that's just the principle that goes to show that he... You know, this kid was interested in lawnmowers and knew how to fix them up, and he made money. And that's just a lesson that pretty much anything you're interested in or any skills you have, there is almost always a way that you can make money on it in a way that's legal and good and not sketchy at all. Make sure it's legal. (laughs) Yeah. And for you, it's currently podcast editing, but you've already talked about some other ideas. You want to share some of those? Uh, Yeah. Um. I make these like little Lego puzzles. They're like 3D boxes and like you push this button that allows you to turn this lever, blah, blah, blah. And then you go till you get the money. And I wanted to start and turn that into a business. I started creating instructions and I wanted to 
sell them on this website where you can sell Lego instructions for your builds. And I thought maybe just start there, sell instructions, and then use that money to buy pieces to make the full boxes and sell them like mini Lego sets on Etsy or something. Yeah, and he has all the tools to do it. And it's pretty much just a matter of just setting up that website to do it and clicking a button, making it live, and go. Maybe you should, uh, how quick, how long would it, do you think it'd take you to get the instructions set up on there to sell? Um, maybe 45 minutes to an hour, like including the description and like the photos and stuff. Is that but something we could put up at least one instruction on there by the time this goes live so we can include the link? Uh. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. If not, we'll try and include it in a future episode. No promises. <laughs> no pressure. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Wow, that's the crux of what we have been sharing today, that we don't want to be a slave to anyone or anything, right? We want to have freedom, to do what we know we're supposed to do, what's right, what inspires us. We want to we pursue our dreams in life and not be shackled with debt. Mm-hmm. And it always comes back to what inspires you. <laughs> this is more than any degree can ever give you. It comes back to core values, again, which we have covered very early on in some of the episodes that we have done for Intentional Family. And one of our core values is determine to be different and don't settle for average. And I noticed something while watching the documentary. Mm -hmm. And it's lots of people, they accept student loans and they ride the bandwagon, which is a fallacy. And pretty much what that means is they excuse their actions because everyone else seems to be doing it as well. Yeah, that's that's so true. And what we want to do is we are trying to instill in our family that we determine to be different. We don't just settle for the status quo. And average is settling to take on student loan debt. Average is accepting the status quo that everyone needs a four-year degree. Different is identifying what are my strengths, what are my interests, and can I make money doing them? Different is not falling for the lie that a degree from a prestigious university will guarantee success. Many great skills and careers are born from internships, technical training, and self-education. You can find out how to do pretty much anything, build anything, or whatever you want to find on YouTube, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, my Lego stuff, like during COVID when everyone was quarantined, I was like, well, I got three months stuck at home. What do I want to do with my time? And I was like, hmm. Maybe spend it all on Lego. (laughs) And I may have or may have not spent 1,000 hours building puzzle boxes and got really good at it. That is true. He has made some impossible to solve puzzle boxes. We should probably link to some sort of video in this so people can have a reference point to what we're talking about. Yep. (laughs) I gave one to one of the people at our church and he gave it back to me a month later unsolved. I'm like, wow. Yeah, he was like, I can't believe I can't solve this. (laughs) Yeah, and he was only a fourth of the way done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, Toby, for joining me today. It's my pleasure. What do you think of your first podcast debut from this side, not from the editor's table? I think I like editing more. (laughs) You're so funny because that's how dad feels too. Yeah, I'd rather be behind the camera rather than in front of it. 
Well, or in yeah. this case, behind the microphone rather than in front of it. Yeah, that's what your dad has said too about music. He'd rather be do, being the audio guy back in the shadows in the background than be up on the stage. Yep, in the audio booth where you're surrounded by walls, <laughs> nothing but you, trusty computer. <laughs> well, we encourage you to go out and watch Dave Ramsey's documentary on this, totally just based on what it's called. Borrowed Future. On the Borrowed Future it is very, very good. And if you have high school children or, well, we watched it with our middle middle school children. And actually, even if you have children that are currently in college, this would be great because if they have already racked up student loan debt, they can still stop the cycle. Taking a year off to pay off that debt and start fresh, that's always an option. Yep. That gap year is worth it. Yeah. And we should never feel pressured to complete something in some arbitrary amount of time because of the what the peer pressure of what everyone else is doing. Will that matter in 10 years? No, it won't. So do you have student loan debt? Don't suffer from it. Be depressed or crushed under the weight. Dave Ramsey has a great resource for getting out of debt. There's others out there too. Do you have a high school or a college student? Get educated on how to avoid student debt, apply for scholarships, and cash flow educational expenses. Choose to be free and not enslaved. But most importantly, do you or your child have a vision for your life? If not, it's time to develop those family core values or those personal core values so that you can start intentionally deciding who, who you are, why, and where you're going. Thanks for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally.